It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest in a moment, and I promise we're going to learn a lot today. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. I had a call with my business coach recently, and I'm really thankful for the great ideas that we're about to implement in my business. If you've never hired a coach, you should. And there are some very important reasons for that. Number one, a great coach is someone who can help you because they have been where you want to go. This means they know what obstacles may be standing in your way that you didn't even think of. This will shorten your learning curve immensely. Number two, a great coach will keep you accountable to your goals. They will encourage you when you are doing great, and they will also call you out when you fall short. We all need tough love, and it's in the spirit of helping you get to where you want to go. And finally, a great coach helps you become a good coach. In my experience, the best coaches are also coachable. That's a very important quality of a successful person. So if you are not working with a coach, I encourage you to do so as soon as possible. And if you've ever thought about writing a book and you want to be coached through that process, or if you want me to help you do it for you, I help people with that. You could also email me at brian at briankwright.com. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. Her name is Sunny McCaw. She is the founder and CEO of Sunny McCaw Marketing. Her company's focus is toward helping solopreneurs and startups by providing strategic marketing techniques that have been tested and proven through her journey in the digital marketing space. She's a university lecturer, TEDx speaker and host, and she's also worked with big name brands such as Starbucks, Toronto Raptors, Coca-Cola, and so many more. We have a lot to unwrap and unravel today, and I cannot wait to get started. So here we are with my very special guest, Sunny McGaw. How are you today, Sunny? Oh, thanks for that uh, very kind intro, Brian. I'm doing very well, thanks. And you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying what appears to be almost wintertime in Iowa. It's getting colder and colder and colder, and that's just what you deal with in Iowa this time of year. So I'm grateful. Well, I can sing a few bars of that because I'm coming to you from Toronto, Canada. Well, there you go. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I sure do. All right, great. So the first question I normally ask is, did you envision early on that you would be where you are right now? So I love that question. When I listen to your podcast, it's always I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat hearing, waiting to hear what people say about that. Yeah. I would say yes and no. And I, I'd start by saying a big no in that my father uh, was is is an entrepreneur, less so now. He's, he's 81 years old, but he was uh, a fantastic entrepreneur. And what he said to me from the time I was a very young girl was, sort of you want to have a direction of where you're going and and set big goals for yourself but whenever you're told this is where you're going to be in five years this is where you're going to be in 10 years he said view that as a big red flag Mm. because that takes all the fun out of life if you know exactly where you're going to be it becomes less fun 
right? Yeah. Your risks aren't risky. Your your rewards aren't as rewarding. So I'd say yes and no in terms of I knew that by laying a groundwork of of uh, a lattice work of opportunities and curiosity and constant learning, I'd end up in a good place, uh, an exciting place where I want to be with my career and my personal life. But I I never knew exactly where I'd be, and that was a that was a balance that really has worked well for me. Yeah, that reminds me of a question that sometimes people ponder. Would you want to know when you're going to die? No, I don't. I don't want to know this. I don't. <laughs> yes. be- because I'll be, well, not that I'm afraid of it, but I, I I don't want to look forward to that, if that sounds right. I just, mm. I just want to live my life and see where it takes me. So I love your answer. So what did your path look like prior to what you're doing right now? Well, that's a long question. Um, yeah. Uh, as Well, as mentioned, I, w- I was brought up by my father was an entrepreneur and my mom was very entrepreneurial minded. So this is mm-hmm. going back to when I think about what laid the groundwork for becoming an entrepreneur, becoming a, a business uh, woman. Uh, I was brought up in a household household that really um, relished creativity of the purest kind. So my mom was a kindergarten teacher, but she never gave us coloring books. It was always blank pieces of paper and crayons. Mm. Figure it out. The oh. word boring in my house was absolutely outlawed. It was mm. worse than swearing. So it was always about, you know, you, you f- figure out how to make fun, figure out how to solve problems, figure out how to be creative. And um, again, then my father being very entrepreneurial, I was it, it was a fertile ground for entrepreneurship all my life. So I think, you know, I was one of those kids, those lemonade stand kids. And, and then my first real business was when I was 17 years old, I started hand painting T-shirts, hand dyeing and hand painting T-shirts. And and from there, even when I worked in corporate, I always had a bit of a toe in entrepreneurship because it it fueled me. Like, mm-hmm. I love it, Brian. So it's always been a, it's been a thread throughout my whole life. Yeah, fantastic. So you worked for Coca-Cola, Starbucks, General Motors. How did some of those things happen? Uh, so. It, it happened, you know, relatively later in life than most people, I think. Um, I became a creative director when I was 39 years old. So I had had my three children. I had taken years off. Um, in Canada, it's fairly normal to take at least one year off per children per child. And I have oh. three. And oh. so I ended up taking closer to six years off. And when I went back into the workforce, I never dreamed I would become a creative director. I thought that ship had sailed. I was in my late 30s. Um, you know, I'd been out of the market for such a long time and I kind of went back in thinking, okay, well, I'll work in advertising again. I'll be sort of a middle level and that'll be great. And within a relatively short period of time, I was offered this role of a lifetime to become a creative director. And that time, uh, it was a, a fairly large international client and why it was extra special was because there were only th- only 3% of creative directors in Canada were women. Mm. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, I was quite grateful, quite bowled over and and delighted with that opportunity. Yeah. What was it like? What is it like working in a male dominated industry? Oh, it, uh, you know, it was obviously it had its challenges. It does have its sure. challenges, but it also has its opportunities. And I think it's, I like to think that it's getting easier um, for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I specifically try to work with female entrepreneurs whenever possible. And it's simply a matter of representation, Brian, because mm. <clears throat> I challenge you and your listeners to a little experiment sometime. Go in a Google or use whatever search engine you like, top books for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You're going to see one through 10 are going to be men. 
Maybe yeah. there'll be a woman. Maybe there'll be one woman. Uh, mm-hmm. Top podcasts for entrepreneurs. Top thought leaders in entrepreneurship. Top blogs for entrepreneurs. And it is it is male, 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 male. male. So yeah. we can whinge about that, complain, mm-hmm. but that doesn't go that far. So right. I like to say, all right, so let's show some representation here. And so that's why I try to almost exclusively work with female entrepreneurs, females who are trying to get startups off the ground to um, to give them a leg up. And and that whole idea of representation, if you can see it, you can be it. I think we need to, to sing the songs and the praises uh, and tell the stories of women who mm-hmm. have been successful entrepreneurs to create a new generation of female entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you say that because when people pitch me to come on my show, I get more pitches from men. Consequently, I have more men on my show. That doesn't mean that there aren't amazing women out there running businesses you i don't want to say women are invisible in business because that's not really true but men are traditionally more visible that i think is an accurate statement right yes multi multi uh, faceted <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of reasons for that we can yeah. we can look at just who who's getting the venture capital money um mm. and i think only it's, it's less than 10 percent goes to women that, so you know that, that's that's mind-blowing that's right and what's the i don't want to uh, confuse causation um, and uh, anyhow, I don't, I, I don't, and I, again, I'm coming from a different country as well. But um, there are correlations there, and but again, is it a question of like putting um, a microscope on that and saying, okay, here's a really important problem um, and being upset about it, or here's a really important problem and let like let's toss some solutions in the air and see what we can do to to make it a better situation. So that's what I wake up every morning excited about. Yeah. How important is it to stay connected to your values? It's 110% important. Of course. It's 110% important. When I was, and that's, that was the big, that was a big pivot for me, Brian, when I was working mm-hmm. in, in corporate and when I became a correct creative director um, and had all these opportunities on paper, that looked amazing. On paper, mm-hmm. that looked like the greatest opportunity. And I thought it was going to be, and I will forever be grateful for it. However, the higher up the ladder I climbed, the further away from my values and my purpose I felt. So um, the aha moment that happened for me was uh, I was working for a a snacks company mm-hmm. and we were um, selling unquestionably unhealthy snacks mm-hmm. to families. And I got a little piece of information one day that said, well, we specifically were targeting working moms on Friday afternoons, because that's when they felt the most guilty about not Mm. showing up for their families. And so if we could sell them the saltiest snacks and the sugariest soda pops, and that to me, it felt like a punch in the gut. I thought there is no way I want to have anything to do with this. This, I am a working mom. I already feel guilty. Everyone I know does. I am not going to play a role in making that worse. And then on top of that, selling them things that are unhealthy for their families. And I resigned the next week. That's fast. It was fast, but it was if I need if I wanted to like live with myself and feel connected to those values that I say are 110% important, mm-hmm. that's what I had to do. Yeah. Did you have a landing spot right away or did you just say I won't put up with this and I'll just figure it out? I didn't have a, I did not have a landing spot, but I do think that uh you know without sounding too airy fairy, I do think the universe works in interesting ways. Yeah. So I uh I resigned my job. I took a little time off. I I took a, a, a girl's trip to the Caribbean with some girlfriends to yeah. have some time to decompress. And on my last day there, my husband called me and said, I think I've heard of an opportunity for you 
and it's a startup and it's sustainable seafood. And I love that. And I came home and applied and became the vice president of marketing for a sustainable seafood company, which completely aligned with my values. Mm-hmm. And I was there for many, many years. Yeah. So we've got, yeah, that's great. We've know. got about two and a half minutes for our first break. What makes okay. women, what makes women really good at entrepreneurship? Oh, how long do do we have two and a half minutes for this? Okay, well, I'll try to be quick. Uh, I think women, especially, I like to say women in their prime. It's how I define women. We used to say women in middle age, but I say in their prime because I think it sounds much cooler. Um, Mm -hmm. It's uh, women in their prime because they've run households right? So they can, oh, yeah. they can multitask like son of a gun. Um, they know what they want. Typically at this age, more than when you're in your 20s, when you might be like scattered and sort of exploring a whole bunch of things, women in their prime know what they want. And perhaps more than anything, uh, women know women. So women make 85% of purchase decisions in North America, at least. So who better to sell to them than other women? And that's just off the top of my head. There's many other reasons. Oh, for sure. No, I love that. I mean, it is true. Women knowing women and the fact that 85% of decisions are made by them is absolutely massive. And, and you know, as you watch advertisements on TV, it's so interesting to see who they're gearing the ad to because it's very clear that they're making marketing toward the decision maker. So that's that's really amazing. So what do you think is the highest level skill, the highest value skill anyone can develop? In entrepreneurship or in life? Uh, in entrepreneurship. Self-belief. And Ooh, that yes. goes for life as well. Confidence. Self-belief and confidence. Oh, that's absolutely true. In fact, I was listening to Ed Milet's podcast and he talks a lot about that topic. So no, I love, love, love that answer. And finally, before the break, what do you think is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It doesn't have to be financial. Maybe it's something you held onto for too long, something you didn't start soon enough, but what do you think that is? Ooh, that's a really good one. But yes, I think, I think in general, not starting things soon enough is an expensive mistake that all of us make, right? Start before you're ready. It will be messy, but start before you're ready. Yeah. And, you know, we, we like things in a bow and life just does not happen that way. No, so I love that. <laughs> We're coming up against our first break. My very special guest is Sunny McCaw, and we will be talking more with her when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And if you have ever wanted to talk more about marketing and advertising and mindset and all of that, here we are after the break. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. 
And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sonny McCaw, and we are going to talk about marketing and advertising and mindset and successful entrepreneurship and everything related to that. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a five-star review. That would mean the world to me. Please do that. We've had over... 200 five-star reviews. The show is going on 12 years, a month from now, and I am just so grateful for this journey. So please bless this show with a five-star review if you could. That would be awesome. Sunny, so here we are, finally, meat and potatoes time. Tell us about your business. Uh, so what I like to do most, as I said, is is to help female entrepreneurs get their product, get their idea or their service off the ground. And what I discovered a few years ago was that as much as people, individuals need marketing help per se, it, it often boiled down to something much more foundational than that. And it was mindset. Mindset was what entrepreneurs struggled with. And so over the years, I, I realized that, that there were five main challenges. And when you just asked me, Brian, like, what's the most important quality for a person or an entrepreneur? And I said confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the, ta- the the five pillars of this mindset piece that I think makes for a successful entrepreneur. And uh, marketing plays a, a big role in all of these as well. But what it comes down to is believing in yourself is the first mm-hmm. one. And I've got tics, tips and tricks and hacks on how to improve that because people always say to me, okay, fine, Sunny, like believing in myself would be super, but how do I actually get there? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the tips I say is uh, something I learned from reading about Beyonce, strangely enough, and mm-hmm. it's called having an alter ego. Yeah. So it's, you know, some people don't like the idea of leap and the net will appear, but I love it. I say, you know, if because if you wait to be completely ready for something, authentically ready for something, you will never get started. Right? right. And that's that expensive mistake we talked about. So what Beyonce does is she has this she has an alter ego called Sasha Fierce. Yeah. And when Beyonce steps on stage, Beyonce, she, she describes herself as a quiet, modest, almost meek person when she's the mother of three at home in Texas. But when she steps on stage, she dons an invisible cape and hat and says, I am now Sasha Fierce. And I say, take that into our lives. Take that into our lives and say, OK, well, I might not feel completely ready or confident or all set yet. And yet it's an important word. I might not feel all those things yet, but my alter ego does feel those things. So if I need to step on stage and feel really confident, I step on stage as an, with, with a little bit of my alter ego ready to go. And that, yeah. is, that is a great way of just getting there rapidly. So self-belief is number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is your squad. So the company you keep, and it couldn't, it, nothing could be more important than the company you keep. As I said, I have three teenagers. So what do we say to them? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm -hmm. Right. We know that the people you spend the most time with influence 95 percent of your success or failure in life. And that spending time with toxic people can be the same health equivalent as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Mm. So surround yourself with good people. And even if you're a solopreneur, you need to have people to toss ideas around with. Right. To brainstorm with, to to give you good feedback and mentorship. So. Really, uh, I say curate your squad carefully. Think hard yeah. about who those people are. Um, the third thing is to be laser focused on your goals. So we all know what SMART goals are. Implore them, employ them, use them and mm-hmm. say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this project for at least pick a number, three, six, three, six, nine months, I think are advisable. Mm-hmm. And 
be laser focused during that time. And I love the story of Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, yes. you know, the youngest self-made billionaire in, this, in the world, in, in the States at least. She, I believe it was 12 years she tried to get Spanx off the ground. And she had to sell fax machines. She had to figure out how to design her own packaging. Um, when she finally got a, a, a meeting at Neiman Marcus, she almost blew it. Mm-hmm. But she 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 just she wouldn't take no for an answer and she wouldn't stop swinging. And she she got the, the buyer at Neiman Marcus to actually try on the Spanx mm-hmm. and she made it for sale. And, you know, I'd like to say the rest is history. I'm sure she wouldn't say the rest is history, but right. she was laser focused on her goals. And, you know, J.K. Rowling was another story. There's so many stories of entrepreneurs who are successful because they just didn't deviate. Right. From, you know, they didn't get shiny object syndrome. They didn't get lured from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. They kept mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. The fifth thing is to have a bias for action. Again, back to the point of like, you know, it's sitting and thinking and planning and researching is just another elegant way of procrastinating. Mm. You have to take action, right? So I say have a bias for action, meaning, you know, starting before you're ready, don't wait for perfection, progress over perfection every single time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and getting going. So I think a misunderstanding about motivation is that motivation comes first. But mm-hmm. no, motivation is the result of action. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the final point um, is to have really high expectations. Yes. So Charlie Munger just died last week at age 99, Warren Buffett's right. partner. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's a million things to love about them both. But one of the things I loved is, you know, don't set mediocre goals because they yeah. just don't hold any magic. And right. when things get tough and you know they're going to get tough when you're, you know, when you're in a startup and entrepreneurial endeavor, um, if you're, if you have a mediocre goal, it will not hold the magic the passion to keep you interested when things get challenging. So I say set your goals really, really high. And those are my five tenets. Yeah, your your Fab Five. (laughs) Fab Five, yes. I I have different names for it, but Fab Five or the You Slave Framework. Um, But that's what I found that people, that entrepreneurs, that female entrepreneurs really needed were those those five concepts and how how to bring them into your everyday and how to live and breathe them uh, and breathe them into your startup. And Absolutely. that that's makes for success. Absolutely. I love that you also talk about practicing future thinking and having some idea of what you want your life or your business to, to look like in, let's just say, five years. Let's talk about that. What you want your, your life or business to look like in five years? Yeah, the idea of practicing future thinking. Well, I do. I do think that's uh without having some sort of idea of where you want to be you're 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 simply never going to get there so there is that reverse engineering of planning mm-hmm. that i think is really effective so instead mm-hmm. of saying okay here we are with the 5th of december 2023 and what's my next step saying okay well what for t- 2028 2027 um and how do we work backwards i had to mask that up for you uh 2028 right. and say so how do we work backward well what does that what does my life look like then well, I'm living in Bali for three months of the year. I'm volunteering at a pet shelter. I'm traveling. I'm, uh, you know, po- podcasting, whatever I'm doing. And then what What was the step before that? What did mm-hmm. I have to do before that to get there? And then the month before that and six months before that. And that reverse uh, goal setting, sometimes people call it, is incredibly effective. And it, somehow it's a little less intimidating for people, yeah. you know, just to decide, okay, I'm already here. Yeah. Right. And yeah. some people believe in manifestation and the secret, et cetera. Well, that's certainly a tactic um, of those believers that um, 
that I believe, it, you know, it seems to have, it seems to have merit, it seems to have value. Yeah. The first time I ever heard of reverse engineering your goals was when I read Brian Tracy's book called Create Your Own Future. Right. Such Fabulous a great stuff. book. Oh yeah. yeah. Such a great book. In fact, love Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a, uh, an event uh, a mastermind event and Brian Tracy was one of the guest speakers and he did a meet and greet for the people that were in this person's platinum mastermind. And I had not written any of my own books yet. And so I brought his and took a picture of myself with his book. And I vowed the next time I take a picture with a celebrity, it will be with my book and not with theirs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about the importance of being purpose driven, because if you don't have any idea where you're going, that's exactly where you'll end up. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's who I like to work with as well. And, and, you know, sometimes I hear you ask about red flags and I, I have a, a series of red flags. Now they're not, they're not completely impermeable, but whenever I speak with an entrepreneur early stage, and that's my actual favorite early stage entrepreneurs. And that's who I teach in, in college and university courses most of the time as well. And I say, well, what's the, what's the purpose here? You know, as mm -hmm. Seth Godin says, like, what, what's your why? Or Simon Sinek says, what's your why? And they're like, I want to make a bunch of money. I say, okay, no, no, no. Dig deeper. Try harder. Mm -hmm. And if they can't sort of circumvent that and come up with something more, then that's not for me. Yeah. Right? That doesn't mean that it's not for them. It doesn't mean they won't be incredibly successful. But it's got to be something deeper. You know, like, we all need to be, we all need to be saying things yeah. and thinking things like uh, we are here to make the world a better place, to mm -hmm. leave things better than we found them, to mm -hmm. improve one life at a time, whatever that is, um, you know, to, to share yeah. in the joy. Um, so whenever a goal is to make a lot of money, then that's, that's, and I don't actually think it's true for most people. I think mm -hmm. they've got a bigger, more purpose-driven goal. Sometimes it's just harder to identify, especially mm -hmm. in young people, because their hustle is so strong, right? And they're so yeah. eager to to get out there. Yeah. Um, the first time I encountered a lesson about knowing your why, I was in college, and I was talking with someone a few years older than me right before the holidays saying, and I told him, I would like to lose 15 pounds before Christmas. And he asked me why. I mean, what do you mean, why? What do you, I mean, that doesn't even compute to me. What do you mean? Why? <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> yeah. But he was, you know, skinny and good shape. I think what he was really getting at, which I wasn't grasping at the time is you need to have your reason for this or you will not stick to it. And I know that lesson now. So you are absolutely right. We've got less than two minutes to our break. And I would love to ask you what core values do you run your business by? Uh, well, again, you know, purpose-driven. Um, I, that's a great question. Integrity, honesty, joy, action, uh, confidence. Um, I, I hope those are, 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 are those feel like starters. Those don't feel like enough to just say, but um, when I say confidence, what I mean there, I'll, t I'll just let me just riff on this for a second. Mm -hmm. but, um, what, what I never want to do, and I never want my clients to do, is to say, I need to ask everyone. Mm -hmm. I, hold on to that idea. Hold on to that thought. I'm going to just go and take a poll of the room, mm -hmm. right? Because that's not, that's, that, that's watering down your own self-belief. That's watering down your own confidence. So um, I don't know if this is a value that I run by, but it is something really important to me that when I'm working with someone, I want them to feel that they are empowered, that their thoughts on things are enough. Your belief Absolutely. is enough. You do not need to. Decision by committee is terrifying. It always leads to a 
a poorer income, at least to something very vanilla. So mm-hmm. feeling strongly in your beliefs enough to move forward. That is that is very important to me. And especially as a woman, especially working with women, that mm-hmm. feeling of confidence without having to look externally throughout the room is 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 very key. Absolutely. And we will be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sunny McCaw, and we are talking about marketing. And if you have not subscribed to Ultimate Achievers Magazine, you can just go to ultimateachieversmagazine.com. It's a monthly digital magazine that we publish every single month. And this is the six-year anniversary. Kevin Harrington was the first cover in December 2017. I cannot believe how fast time flies. So, Sunny, let's revisit this core values question. You said something that was fascinating to me. No one ever says that joy is one of their core values. So let's revisit that for a second. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Joy. Well, sometimes I hear people criticize lifestyle entrepreneurs and say, well, they're just doing it to to have a a nice life so that they enjoy the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month. And I think, isn't that what we all should be doing? Like mm-hmm. truly, isn't that what we're all here for yeah. at the end of the day is to make sure that we're having a joyful life and, and a, a, a joyful, we're, we're spreading joy with mm-hmm. uh, within the people around us. And I think joy is, it's got to be, it's, it's different than just simply fun, mm-hmm. right? It's a deeper uh, meaning. It's closer to happiness or to contentment. Um, and I do... So, you know, think about the, um, I know you're going to ask me later about the people I admire the most, but I'll bring her up now. I was just mm-hmm. reading about Dolly Parton this morning, and I yeah. think she's the person that I really admire, and 
you know, I'm not even a country music fan. It's not about that at all, but it's about how she's lived her life. And I have to say that joy permeates it. You know, she was born in a, a one bedroom cabin in the middle of the Smoky Mountains with 12 kids in one room. And she was told that she didn't have the pipes for singing and she had all mm-hmm. these huge uh, monstrous things in her way. And and mm-hmm. then she's gone on to to live this beautiful life and uh, this quiet generosity that she has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fact that she turned down um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at first because she didn't feel that she deserved it. And then mm-hmm. how she went to, to, <laughs> to become a rock and roll singer so that she did deserve it. But yeah. When I read about her and when I, I listen to her speak again with that that quiet uh, generosity and that quiet confidence, I just I hear her speak about joy. Yeah, and I think that is that is so key for all of us that that's that's she's been married to the same man for 50 years. Yeah, so and I love that I love that she stands up for herself. She knows what she wants and she knows what she's not willing to give up. In fact. Elvis wanted to record I Will Always Love You. And this was after she already had a hit with it. Well, Elvis always takes 50% of the publishing when he records someone else's song. And she said, I can't do that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, she right. says, I would have loved to have heard him <laughs> sing it, but I, I, I could not give up my publishing. And I'm so glad that I didn't. And, you know, Whitney Houston had a huge uh, hit with that song much later, too. And I think she probably made way more money when, with Whitney Houston than she did with her own back in 1973, I believe. But no, you you stand for what is right and you stand for what you want. And I love that. And having joy as one of your top values, I think, is a lot like that because you evaluate what you're willing to put up with and what you're not. And you have to do what gives you joy and spreads joy for other people. I love that. So let's talk about when you work with your marketing clients. Let's just say someone is brand new and really doesn't know what they want to do in terms of getting their name and message out there. What is the best piece of advice you would give them? Mm. I would say different is better than better. Mm. Yeah, especially for a startup uh, in this very noisy environment that we have these days where we're being hit with, you know, tens of thousands of different marketing messages every day, every single place we look. And it's almost the perfect storm because we also have the shortest attention spans that humans have ever had, right? Less than a goldfish, less than three seconds. So if you want to stand out from the crowd, if you go, if you launch something, whatever that is, Brian, and you look and sound and feel like the competition and that's safe, right? That makes people feel safe. So it's it's very hard to want to go out there and stick out. A great example of different is better than better, which is a relatively new startup, is Liquid Death Water. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with that? I think I've heard of it. Okay, so it's uh, for your audience listening. Like, please go and take a look at what they've done because they are just they are just revolutionary, and I, I just admire them so much. Um, they went into the water category and they said, okay, well, we've got what Desalante and Evian and, and Smart Water, and they all kind of look the same. They also have the same efficacies and the, the same. Uh, features and benefits, but we want to do something different. We know, and they had this really interesting consumer insight that uh, rock and roll bands and extreme sports fans actually didn't always want to drink Red Bull and Monster Energy drinks. And a lot of the time what they wanted to drink was just water, but they Mm -hmm. wanted to seem edgy and water doesn't seem edgy. So -hmm. the liquid death people, and I, I know I'm putting words in people's mouths here, but I've read enough about them to feel confident in saying that they said, okay, well, we're gonna package, we're gonna rebrand water as liquid death. It is just water, by the way, there's not a thing other, it's just water. And that way the people, the, the, the extreme punk bands when they were playing on stage could feel confident drinking this liquid death mm-hmm. instead of drinking, you know, smart water. Yeah. And they different is better than better. They completely yeah. took this, this 
basically stale category of bottled water and turned it on its head. And if you see their numbers, they've surpassed all of their competition put together in this past year. So, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg partnering up with Martha Stewart. There's another that, example. That was mind blowing. Right. Different is better than better. Um, so, you know, I can think there are many, many Super Bowl commercials. But um, sometimes the best question to ask yourself is what's the stupidest idea that I can come up with for this product? Yeah. <laughs> and it and it can be, you know, I love the boring businesses, too. I love the mm-hmm. boring businesses. I love the the uh, the because um, I think they're they underrepresented. They don't get enough attention. So the the laundry mats, the car washes, the dog grooming services, those are great businesses and they often can show a real profit quickly for mm-hmm. for uh, startups, for entrepreneurs. Um, but I say, well, then take it a different direction. If everybody has crappy Wi-Fi at their laundromat, you market yourself as the laundromat with the best Wi-Fi going. And people say, well, people don't really care. They absolutely do care. Give it a try, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't talk about the the suds and the laundry machines. Talk about the the, the best. We play the best music or we, we have dating nights on Thursday nights. Something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I know another thing that you like to tell people is fish where the fish are. Yes, I do like to say fish where the fish are, but there's a big caveat to that. So uh, it's because it's a, it's it's a double-edged sword actually. Um, when so one of the biggest mistakes I see um, startups making, entrepreneurs making, is that when they get on social media, they think we, I have to be everywhere. You yeah. know, I want to be on LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat everywhere. Okay, that is a fast path to burnout. Right. Especially if you've got a small team or you're a team of one. So I say start with one or two platforms where you're comfortable. And I, and I think a, a great uh, philosophy here is, yeah, fish where the fish are. So if you're if you're launching a handbags or a jewelry or makeup, OK, Instagram makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But then maybe take it to a completely different direction and do something completely unexpected. So, for example, on TikTok, there's a, a, a woman I follow. Her name is Kat with a K, and her handle is Miss Excel, as in Microsoft Excel. She mm. teaches Excel on TikTok. How unexpected is that? Yeah. So, so she's fishing where the fish are by being on LinkedIn, which is where you'd expect a professional who teaches Excel. But then she's on the other side of the spectrum doing something completely unexpected by being on TikTok. Yeah. So I like that balance, that juxtaposition of like do the expected and then do the the super unexpected and you have a chance of being a real disruptor in that space. I love that. And being unconventional is is a good idea too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I say, you know, different is better than better. Be unconventional um uh to be memorable. Mm-hmm. Right? And as a bonus, as a bonus when you're unconventional, you have the opportunity to capitalize on some hopefully free PR. Like certainly mm-hmm. Liquid Death got a lot of public relations and a lot of media around them when they mm-hmm. launched a water called Liquid Death. Yeah. Right now yeah. you can't always count on that and, and it could, you don't want to be um, just simply sensational, but right. being unexpected has, oh, and especially with women, Brian, I, women, men speak an average of 2000 words a day. Women mm. speak an average of 6,000 words a day. So if you're talking mm. about a female demographic, a female target audience, we are social sharers. So if we hear something that we think is cool or different or interesting, we're mm-hmm. going to share that with our friends. We're going to share it on social media. So being unconventional has those benefits as well, that people are going to share them. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. We've got less than three minutes to our next break. What are some of the most critical decisions you faced as you were building your company? Uh, well, great question. Um, I think deciding uh, on revenue streams is kind mm. of a sounds like a boring answer, actually, when I say it, but deciding on revenue streams. So, you know, how, how are you going to, you know, I knew what my offerings were, but how am I going to get them out to the world? So I, I know I can take um, approximately three one-on-one -on -one coaching clients at a time, any more than that, and they're not getting the best of me. So I take three mm -hmm. coaching clients at a time. Okay, so then what else? Well, I have a lot of free resources on my website that people can download for free to, to um, uh, help them with their startup. Uh, and then I have online courses, I do some speaking. And I think with as with most people, what to say no to is almost more important than what to say yes to. So when I'm figuring out, well, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to make revenue? How am I going to have these different income streams? What will I say no to? So that drawing those boundaries and maintaining those boundaries are very, very important and critical. Um, and and it's it goes part and parcel to being laser focused on your goals. Yeah. Right. How so you if you say yes to things, you're you're really just saying no to other opportunities. How do you know what to say yes or no to? Okay, so I, I get this. At, my clients ask me this all the time. And I say, is okay, first of all, you're going to make some mistakes. So just mm -hmm. accept that you'll make some mistakes and you'll say yes to things that you'll kick yourself later for doing. So it takes some practice uh, to, to become intuitive. If you can see a return on it, obviously, if you can see an immediate return on it, if you can see a long-term return on it, and then you really just have to do a decision-making matrix and decide, like, how much effort am I going to put into this if I don't know if there's going to be a return on it. And then just honestly, intuition goes a long way. If you're doing, yeah. if you get offered an opportunity that might help somebody, you feel some sort of kinship uh, mm -hmm. or, or like a, an aligned purpose with whoever's asking the, uh, the project of you, I think that goes a long way. But I think the most important thing is you will make mistakes. Absolutely. You know, you, you'll, you'll hone that skill as time goes on because it's a very personal thing. So yeah, you'll absolutely. Hold it as life goes on. Yes. Absolutely. And we're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We're talking with Sunny McCall and we're talking about marketing. And after the break, I will ask her how she helps people who maybe don't have a huge bug marketing budget to work with. And we'll talk about much more. We'll be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With the newness of spring, it may be time to change up your workout. It's always a good idea to cross-train, but there are also times that you need to change the way you work out. If you've been doing the same thing in your exercise for a while and your results have seemed to stall, it's time to change things up. Making little adjustments can add up to big gains. If you lift light or moderate weight, why not lift heavier weights with less repetitions? Shock your body and get the results you are after. If your daily walk is not giving you the outcome that you desire, try doing cardio intervals. Walk for three minutes, then run for one minute. Repeat this sequence until you've completed at least 30 minutes. The calorie burn is much higher, and it's good for your body and mind to change up your workout. 
I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Sonny McGaw and... Down the stretch we come. I cannot believe we are almost at the end. If you've not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please go ahead and do that. Leave a review. And if you've heard any of the commercials we've had so far today, you do know that I'm a ghostwriter. If you have ever thought about writing a book, I would love to have that conversation with you. You can go to callwithbrian.com to book a session with me, and we can see what the fit is. We can see what your idea might be and how viable it is. And I would be very glad to talk to you for free. So go to callwithbrian.com. I'd love to speak with you. So, Sonny, you help a lot of people with organic marketing. Can you give us an example of someone you helped who maybe didn't have a big marketing budget to work with? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Well, I actually like to start everyone with organic marketing, even if they do have a good size budget, because there's so much opportunity right now with organic marketing. And that just means unpaid in the traditional sense. It doesn't mean that you don't, that there's no cost associated with it because the biggest cost to anyone is their time. Mm-hmm. But if you have the the ability to to spend some time on your own marketing, now more than ever, you have opportunities. So an example is blogging. So I, I you know, content creation, especially, um, I'll get a, I'll get a little uh, micro here. Um, LinkedIn, uh, my, uh, my belief is that only 5% of people on LinkedIn create content. When I say that's mm. my belief, I think that's a current statistic. So if only 5% of people are creating content on LinkedIn, but we know their numbers are massive and growing, to be a, cre- a content creator, which is free, Again, it's not, it doesn't mean that you don't have to invest your time in it, but it doesn't cost anything, is an incredibly uh, efficacious way of becoming uh, viewed as a thought leader in your category. So no matter what that is, if you're a public speaker or you're a yoga instructor, you can get on LinkedIn and publish till your heart's content thoughts on your niche. Yeah. So that's a great example of organic marketing that I think works quite well. Um, and video, boy, if you are comfortable on video or if you think you can get comfortable on video, again, short form video, we know the attention spans are short and you can be on TikTok, you can be on Instagram, you can be on LinkedIn, you can have a YouTube channel and you can repurpose that content. So it's not that you create one 30 second uh, snippet or reel or TikTok and it's gone. No, you repurpose that content again to the social media platforms that you're comfortable working with. And that is another great way of becoming uh, viewed as a thought leader in your niche and creating organic content. And of course, there's less conventional ones, such as being on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's right. such a wonderful experience. I thoroughly enjoy it. This is great. And uh, it's it helps you hone your own skills as well as sharing your message with a larger platform. Yeah. In fact, sometimes what I tell people who 
are creating books is go on podcasts and test your content. Comedians do this all the time. They test their content with smaller offices, audiences to see how people respond to it, and they can decide to use it or not based on audience input. So, no, this is that's actually great. Be on a podcast is a great suggestion. It's one of my favorite things to do, not only as a host, but as a guest as well. So, we sure. talked, yeah, we talked about organic. So if someone has a bigger budget, how does that open up the playbook for you? Well, this, that's almost a, like how long is a piece of string question, Brian, because it really depends on what uh, what they're trying to achieve. Sure. Oh, there's so many. There's just so many variables to that. But you know, paid advertising is is obviously a a big big opportunity right now, and it's uh, it fluctuates and it changes from quarter to quarter. But I think that's um got some really good opportunities, especially as it becomes more hyper localized. So, mm-hmm. for example, I had a wellness uh, a wellness boutique in Toronto who wanted to try out some new things. Again, like you said about the comedians, they wanted to test out some new things. So, so why not try to do a re- like a hyper local com- campaign in your area to see uh, and do A/B testing? So, to see what works better is it this mm-hmm. message or is it this message? And that's you know that's the the results that you can get now versus say eight years ago are so much faster and so much more accurate. So it's a very exciting time. Yeah, for sure. How important is it for you to have a coach? I think it's marvelous. I think it's marvelous. Um, Whether you call it a coach or a mentor. um, And I think if you look at the statistics on people who have coaches or mentors versus those who don't, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. It's a no-brainer, you know, to to have that. And um, I use the word the word mentor a little bit more, but the companies that I see that have um, formalized mentorship programs have, you know, the the both from the mentor and the mentee's point of view, they have richer experiences, they have more cust- uh, they have more loyalty, they have less churn, mm-hmm. right? Um, they go on to do bigger things. So I, I think it's hundred um, <laughs> percent. It's for absolutely sure. the best thing you can do is to get yourself a coach or a mentor. Absolutely. What's the greatest lesson you've learned from your coach or a mentor? So my, I, I've had, I've been very fortunate to have several, but uh, my very first uh, mentor was a man named Len Gill. It was my first advertising job in Toronto. I had worked in the Caribbean and Mexico for three years, and I came back like a like a wide idea. I had no idea really what I was doing in advertising, and I was the most junior of junior people there and he he taught some very unconventional lessons and one of them was about caring for your people mm-hmm. now len was a, a big boisterous loud south african man but he had this heart of gold and one of the things that he did for us we were all we, we were a very young and hip agency in toronto and as a result, most of us were kind of, you know, not making the most healthy choices. And a lot of people smoked, smoked cigarettes. And so mm-hmm. one thing Len said to us is he said, I care about you guys and I want you to live long, fruitful lives. So uh, if you quit smoking, I will, if you quit smoking for six months, sign up with me. If you quit smoking for six months on, on your honor, I will give you a thousand dollars, which back then was significant. Mm-hmm. And he did. So he would, when someone quit smoking for six months, he'd have a, he'd call, you know, it was all hands on deck, bring everybody together, give them a thousand dollars out of his pocket and have a party. Mm. And I thought that that was such an unconventional thing that I was, I had not seen before. I had never read it in any leadership training book, but having that deep caring for your people, I, I took that because that always stuck with me. 
how, how deeply he cared for us and how he showed it, the demonstrative way he showed it. And so I've, I've brought that forward with me through all of my leadership roles. Wow, that's wonderful. How did you decide to become a coach? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's almost by default. With yeah. People coming to me time and time again with almost the same questions. And uh, I always say to my kids, if, if you're asked the same thing more than once, systemize it. Right. So if you're asked to, 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 you know, write the same thing or or to make a list of the same thing more than once, then, then systemize it. So I, I started to say um, I started to, to, you know, write papers so that I could kind of copy and paste into an mm-hmm. email. Oh, you're having this problem. Here's the solution. You're having this question. I've got an idea for you. And I started seeing the same things resonate to the top time and time again. So I thought, well, there's something I can do more with this more than just sharing it haphazardly or ma- more than just making the occasional video or or doing the occasional talk, you know, I should, I should share these, this wisdom and the learnings um, in a more formalized way and, and be a coach. Wow. That's fantastic. Who is your ideal client to work with? Ah, great. So I would have to say, it's almost like the antithesis that the, the, the unideal client, I will, I, I love to work with anyone who's willing to invest in themselves and willing mm-hmm. to do the work. So if, again, that the idea of decision by committee or the idea of having to ask permission or not feeling confident enough that their idea is worthy, that's who I don't want to work with. Right. So the, the inverse being, if you're, you, of course, no one's certain, Brian, of course, no one's going to say, I'm 100% certain this is going to work. That would actually mm-hmm. scare me. But right. I'm 100% per- I'm 100% certain that this is worth taking the risk. Mm-hmm. That's my client. Great. That's do you remember? Do you remember your first client? My first client? Uh, the first person who bought a t-shirt for me when I was 17 years old. <laughs> or your first coaching client. Maybe I should have been more specific. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I, I, I remember my most significant coaching client. Yes, yes. She's a wonderful woman. I'm still close with her today. She's, she's got a well, a separately a different wellness clinic, and um, I have just seen her flourish, and seen her confidence rise, and her willingness to take risks and to try new things. Um, it is just, it is such a delight to to not be working with her anymore, but to share in her joy and her success. That's fantastic. We've got less than three minutes until the end. What has surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? What has surprised me the most? Um, I would have to say the amount of people who never get it off the ground. You know, um, so I, I, back to the idea of the bias for action. There's, I, I meet with so many people, and of course, I go to roundtables and entrepreneurial, you know, uh, drinks nights and and speakeasies and things. Good ideas and even great ideas are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Right? They they actually mean nothing. And the idea of signing an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, uh, when somebody shares an idea with you is almost laughable because there are just so many good ideas. But mm-hmm. the idea of taking action, that is mm-hmm. what sets us apart. So yeah. to me, the, the most surprising thing is how many people have great ideas, but they don't execute on them. Mm-hmm. And then the very few people that do get started on them, how, what, what a differentiator that takes, that is mm-hmm. for them. Because taking action, and not just action, but consistent action, is mm-hmm. really, I, I'm going to say it's at least 50% of your success. Absolutely. Small, and the question, consistent action. 
Yes. And the question I ask everyone at the end, who inspires and motivates you? I know you mentioned Dolly Parton. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I was just, you know, that's great. Um, I was reading about the uh, the three women who uh, were the inspiration for the movie Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. The three. So I, I love their story because it's resilience. So they were up against uh, they had the issue of race, of, of gender and um, of age. So they yeah. had three major and education, actually, so four. Um, but yet they became they they set high expectations for themselves. They didn't take no for an answer. They were laser mm-hmm. focused on their goals. They surrounded themselves with each other mm-hmm. and they became the human computers that put a man into space and mm-hmm. around the world. Wonderful. So and if those I, women could do it. Yes. My goodness. And the last thing I want to ask is how can we find you? How could we learn more about you? So I'm uh, on everywhere as Sunny McGaw. And you can find me. Please visit my website and join me on socials on Instagram. I post uh, tips and hacks and success ideas every single day. Fantastic. Sunny, thank you for being here. It was a privilege to talk to you. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure. And to all of you, thanks for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until next week, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.